Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Deep Cuts Live. I'm your host, Antoine Reed. Today, we have two guests, actually. They both work for Founders Cigar Company, um, Brian and Angelo. So let's bring on our guests today, and let me see. Hi, guys. Hey, Hi guys. How's it going? Hey. It's going pretty Thanks for well. Thanks well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I'm coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's been very, it's been very busy week, busy but, week. But I'm here and I'm here and glad to be glad doing to another be doing another live and have you all on. You all on. Yeah, like Brian said, thanks for having us. We're we're happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So so what I want to do, uh, do is uh, second. So what I want to do is uh, we're gonna do our usual interview here. And I'm going to ask you questions. And uh, what I like to do with Deep Cuts is have people on and learn about their cigar brands. So you're definitely one of those people that somebody kind of recommended you all. And I wanted to like learn more about your brand and what you have going on. And uh, I, and I think I've listened to some of the podcasts. I know you all were on uh, Cigar Prop a couple weeks ago. So I kind of listened to some of that interview and I'm looking forward to having you on um, and speaking about your brand. So what I want to start off with, with the first question is, could you both kind of tell us a little bit about you and what you, um, and basically how did you get started with smoking cigars? And then how did you both meet up and kind of team up on what you're doing today? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, cigars for me, uh, my tobacco journey actually started it with pipes. So I, I feel like I was an old soul and did a lot of stuff young. So um, bought a house young, got married young, had kids young. And to me, it was like, oh, may as well smoke a pipe because that's what you do when you're an old soul. And so I started getting into that, bought some estate pipes, got into, really got into that culture a lot and, and absolutely loved it. And then that naturally progressed to uh, business meetings in cigar lounges, which led to just smoking a lot of cigars. So that was uh, that was my progression into into the cigar industry. Yeah. So mine's um, I'm in the Air Force, so I've got um, coming up on 15 years of active um, years in the Air Force. I, I did active duty right out of high school for four years from 2002 to 2006, joined the Air Force actually right before 9-11. And I grew up with a dad who smoked pipe tobacco. Yep. And in the 80s and 90s, then it was just, you know, you smoked inside. So my childhood memories would be him lighting up his uh, his pipe or smoking cigars because, uh, you know, they he just smoked both pipe tobacco and, and cigars. So then fast forward, when I joined the Air Force, I, I my first cigar was when I was on a deployment um, in 2002, I was gone from 2002 to 2003. My fire team leader was a huge cigar guy. You, we worked overnights and sitting on the back of a Humvee was the first time I smoked a cigar. So my cigar journey started in the military. That progressed to cigarettes and a lot of chewing tobacco, which of which I don't smoke any cigarettes or <laughs> chewing tobacco anymore. That my wife was like, yeah, we're not doing that. 
Um, but yeah, and then and then it was it was recently where I would call I I would actually say and and full transparency I'm not a, a huge cigar guy I don't uh, this guy over here is definitely the visionary of the business more of a cigar aficionado than I am it was we're we do business development for the living in the gun industry so we have a couple other businesses and we've we've been very successful at helping other companies scale and grow and it was this guy that in 2020 that came in and pitched the idea of starting a cigar brand and building something for our ourselves and that's that's what kind of led us into starting founders yeah it was it was that realizing if we stayed in the firearms industry and built something in that industry there was way much more potential for competing with one of our current clients and so cigars had enough of an overlap that we could use a lot of the same relationships a lot of the same companies that we were doing business with and so we launched the brand at a at a uh, gun range uh, for one of our clients yeah, the epic a, shoot. as a marketing as a marketing uh, tool so that was that was kind of how we we got into that cool and um with i know that you when you were talking to cigar prop about how you launched your company you were talking about the promotion that you kind of came up with to launch that product and i thought it was a for a very interesting and unique way to launch a product. So could you just tell us about how you actually launched that first cigar product product? It was genius. Yeah, it, it came down to and I think I think you'll see this at the core of our company is that I think what attracted me so I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. And I fell in love with the firearms industry because of the simplicity of the mechanics and, and of that there wasn't really a lot changed. I mean, if you go into an ammo plant, they're still using equipment from the war, where it's these huge transfer presses oh, for that, sure. that haven't changed over the last 80 years. And so I, I fell in love with the, the mechanics of the firearms industry and the potential for innovation. And so when you look at the cigar industry, I think it's the same way that there you see a lot of these younger brands and a lot of these established brands who they do something that doesn't take away from the industry, but it's different and it supports the industry and it brings new people into the industry. I think that's that's what was the heart of that event for us. So we had a suppressor manufacturer and silencer our, for some of the uh, novice. Out there. <laughs> so we our our uh, the 22 suppressor was the same exact size, one inch diameter as the acrylic tubes that we were using. So we wrapped an acrylic tube with a sticker, made it look like a silencer, put our Churchill cigar in there, our dual wrap, which we call our signature, and put it in the actual retail box. And these got handed out to 100 different influencers. And, and it seemed like the buzz around that entire weekend was, well, who are these cigar guys? I mean, we were, we were there with huge brands and, you know, launches of all these products and all that. But people kept coming up to us as the cigar guys because it was something that was different and unique and, and kind of fit, fit this really cool uh, marketing niche. And um, with, the, I think when people launch a, a business, they always kind of, um, you know, it's, it's a, they have the support of their family or sometimes they don't. And so I'm always curious, especially with cigars and tobacco and stuff like that. How did your family and friends kind of react to you all saying that, hey, I want to start a cigar brand? Did they react positively or did they kind of push back or say like do you all really want to get into that have you told your wife yet yeah i don't know if we've told our wives yet um but no i, I think for me being being entrepreneurial you really have to pick and choose your battles uh not everyone is suited for you know and i hate this phrase but it's very applicable you know jumping out of the plane and 
building a plane on the way down. And so for me, I'd love to hear this. I don't I don't think I've ever heard you how you told people around you, but for me, I've kind of a, taken this approach where Brian and I in business, we have minority positions in a couple of different companies that we've built up. So it wasn't out of the ordinary for me to come home and say, hey, honey, uh, by the way, I'm involved in this now. That was kind of the norm. But for some of my friends, I, I really just took this approach where I'm like, hey, I'm going to build this thing. And if they figure out about it eventually, that's fine. I don't need to go flashing this and flaunting this. Like if this turns into something that I think it's going to turn into, they're going to find out eventually. And so I have some really close, intimate friends who I remember we were at dinner once and I, I was talking like, yeah, so this cigar company thing, like you started a cigar company? I was like, Oh yeah, like two years ago, and it's going great. But <laughs> so, I, I mean, my wife. I mean, she just kind of would just goes with the flow. So I would say that um, because we've had some different ventures that you know have gone well, haven't gone well. You know, I'm. You know, we were working out of my home office for a while, so she was basically involved in a lot of those like what we call uh, whiteboard conversations where we're whiteboarding this idea, we're coming up with the brand idea, we're coming up with the naming scheme. I feel like she was kind of there in the beginning with a little yeah. bit of input. And so when we, f you know, and of course you always, you crawl before you, you walk, you know, before you run. And so when we were still crawling, she was involved in that. And, and I think I've just kind of slowly started, you know, telling some of the, you know, my extended family, my dad, um, he is a Rocky Patel guy to the core. He also doesn't deviate from like, he is, uh, he is very, what's the word where you just do things repetitious, right? So like very scheduled, very rigid. And so, you know, I, I've given him a lot of cigars and I think just from a father, like I want his affirmation that like I have a good brand and my cigars are good and, and do you like this? And, you know, I don't get a lot of affirmation from him. He's just, mm, this isn't a Rocky Patel. Yeah, it's not my edge. Not my you know, <laughs> so I'm like, ah, can't win with you. We have a we have a new cigar which we could talk about that we're launching at PCA, and we've really been kind of discreet about it. We haven't really told anyone, and we're really excited about it. And I did give them. I've given them actually quite a bit of samples, and all the other samples that I've given. So like, he's a Maduro guy to the core, right? And he likes the really bold. Um, um, you know, just got a lot of flavor, right? So, and I would, and we'll be completely transparent. Our Maduro is a medium. Yeah, medium body Maduro. Yeah, so it's approachable. It's, it's approachable and that's what we've taken. We were intentional about about that as we as we kind of entered into the market space. All of four blends of ours, we say are approachable. There's not one cigar that I could hand to a novice or someone that is a aficionado that, that would, you know, we just feel like they're all approachable. This is a good cigar. Yeah, so my I've given my, my dad all of our cigars and he's just kind of like, yeah, she's good. They're okay. But then the new one. Yeah, but then the new one. He he texted me. Um, they live up three three and a half hours north up uh, up on Lake uh, Pekegum up in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. So he uh, comes down once in a while. But he texted me. He's coming down. He's like, "Hey, can I get some more of those?" <laughs> <laughs> so I was that felt good that he wanted some more of our our new blend. So. And when you got started, how much research went into? The cigar industry in general like did you have to really do your due diligence and kind of learn about what it really meant to start a cigar company or did you just kind of leap on in and say we're going to figure it out as we go along or was it a little bit of both we got a plane flying overhead here i don't know if you guys know this we are sitting on the loading dock at our warehouse 
We don't own the building, so we sublet uh, the warehouse where we do all of our distribution out of it here in Minnesota. And uh, we, we just can't get them to let us smoke inside. So we, we normally, like when we did this, uh, this interview with uh, Kevin Shanahan from Cigar Prop and we did How About That Cigars, those guys are actually local here in Minnesota, so it was nice. We, we set up at a, at a really, really high-end, nice cigar lounge in downtown Minneapolis called The Hemingway. And that's normally where we would do this. But I texted him last night, or was it this morning? I was yeah. like, hey, I have an idea. We should set up on the loading dock. We've outside. got this backdrop. We've got all this furniture. Let's set up on the loading dock. Like, this is our this is our booth display for PCA. So we, I, I've set this up, and you know we're basically making sure everything we're working all the kinks out of our yeah, booth. Got, got all the hardware. Got all the you know screws. Because this is our first bolts. time at PCA, so I, I, I'm military to the core. So I I have uh, contingency plans. Mm-hmm. I, I make sure that everything checks out. And so I wanted to make sure that our booth was perfect before we packed it up and shipped it. So long story short, we're sitting on a loading dock and, you know, there's a, we're, we're dealing with some cloud and some sun and a plane flying over. But I hope, yeah. it, I hope it comes out good. So. so back to the question, yeah. you know, research into the industry. Um, I think we took an approach where I would say a more informal approach in the sense of we treated it like a business problem. What's our objective? What's our goal? That's kind of like our number one thing with all of our clients. What's what's your goal? What's your primary goal? Because that's our filter. Well, our goal is to sell cigars. I mean, okay, so what barriers are in our way from selling cigars? Finding a blender, finding cello, finding bands, finding, you know, registering barcodes, getting boxes, getting the branding, getting all that set up. And so we really just treated it like a, like a, a business problem. And we had these things in our way and we had to go check these things off. And, and as we've gotten into the industry. Well, and I would even back up a little bit further and it starts at the core, the vision of the company yeah. was what? And it says this right there is yeah, the build community. So uh, we've, we've taken this approach that we're actually, our product is community. And we're using cigars as a catalyst to do that, right? So we like to tell people that cigars, we by giving out a cigar, or having a cigar, we're tricking you into having community with someone else. Yeah, that's our whole that's our whole purpose. And uh, and it goes back to to uh, you really having this vision of you know a group of guys from your church that you guys got together with during COVID, yeah, 2019, 2020, and and just meeting, yeah. yeah, just meeting once a week. And and having um, and seeing how healthy my yeah. life was because I had consistent community around me. Yeah, and I don't think anyone in the cigar industry that shouldn't be a foreign concept to because this is something that is shared. It's that's why you do herfs. That's why you go to lounges. That's why you have time that you sit down. This cigar doesn't care who you're married to, who you voted for, what the color of your skin is. Right. That's the, our friend Jake, who is does a fantastic work for us out in Virginia. He's a uh, retired Navy vet, he always says that he's like, this cigar doesn't care who you are, where you came from. It's you're you're here now, and you're sharing a time and an experience together. So that's that's kind of at the core of of what we did. And so all of our decisions of that list of business things went through that filter of what's the best way that we can build community. Well, it started with approachable cigars. It started with approachable branding and an approachable, consistent message. So yeah. our number one core value is community. It's uh, you, you know uniting. Um, uh, all people from different walks of life. Yep. And yep. and so yeah, we so back to just the research was, you know, yes, all the practicals needed to happen, 
but I think I think it's important too that like our messaging is all about building community, and and that takes and, and that comes from like you know being in the military, us being partnered with Cigars for Warriors, how that's very important to us in our give back to them, being able to we did a Memorial Day campaign where instead of you know it, <clears throat> I mean it's not the elephant in the room, but we sell retail on our website, and we have an explanation for that for all the cigar lounges listening, but yep. or the shops, but but that gives us. Um, the ability to do things like that Memorial Day campaign where for every cigar purchased on our website, we're going to donate one for one match to Cigars Warriors. So um, their 10 year anniversary is coming up this year. They just eclipsed like 1.2, 1.3 million cigars shipped. We would like to be, I want to, like we wrote down, we did a, uh, what we call a business plan, a VTO recently where we get meet with our, there's three partners in this business. Josh, who is one of our partners, the, the three of us met with the, the team and just kind of went through what that vision looks like. And our tenure is donate a million cigars in 10 years. We want to have, be able to do some, say something like that. So, yeah, so the messaging is building community and then, like, the practicals, like you said. I mean, They all then, filter through the community. For sure. And this dude, like, he, he had it all figured out because he's an engineer. So <laughs> he, he, you don't like variables. And you're, yeah. you are sweating over there. I am. It is hot. We're just baking on the loading dock here, if you guys didn't know. But <laughs> We're also internal processors, Antoine, so you'll learn that about us, too. I feel like we could just riff forever. <laughs> Did you want to say something? Sorry, this is your show. <laughs> I would say that, it, like, you all have to do the speaking. Like, I'm not, you know, when you in journalism, they always tell you don't make yourself the story. Let the people actually who you're interviewing do the talking. So I'm a pretty good with, like I said, you all uh, speaking as much as you want to on any of these questions that I might ask you. It's fantastic. We uh, recently, this is funny. I got a story for you. Um, we just got audited. Oh, geez. By, by the Department of Revenue, Minnesota's Department of Revenue. It actually <laughs> happens, if you didn't know. And so we're a new business that we were registered. We have a tobacco uh, distributor license in the state of Minnesota. We have, uh, we actually have a retail license. We don't, the Department of Revenue. Tom, so Tom, who runs the tobacco division for the Department of Revenue, this, I mean, I'm going to call him an old guy. He showed up at the at our office here, hanging his hanging his badge. He literally like I mean I thought it was I thought, it was, I thought it was Will Smith like, from Bad Boys. Like, I mean, what he's do we got do? this necklace like, and he's got his badge there. Like, and I'm like, Department of Revenue. Okay, how's it going, Tom? <laughs> And he's just like, yeah, we're doing a spot uh, spot check, just doing an audit. We haven't introduced ourselves, so um, just wanted to come in and check. And so we're like, you were sweating bullets. I wasn't worried because I do all of the, uh, I make sure that all of our eyes are our eyes are dotted, our T's are crossed. We have the proper paperwork. They're coming in and just introducing themselves. But I had a copy of the latest tobacco business magazine sitting, or a, a tobacco business journal, or whatever it is, you guys, sorry. And you're on the, it was flipped open to your article. And he said that one of the guys, which is a contributing editor, I think his name's Steven, he knows him. He lives here in Minnesota. And he's like, oh, he's still with the, with the magazine. And uh, what's his last name? Stephen Covey or something? No, that doesn't sound right. But anyways, it was, it was funny. We did get audited by the Department of Revenue. And, and, and he recognized you. And he so. recognized you, yeah. <laughs> he's been in the business for a long time. I guess he worked for some uh, wholesaler. And then he now works for the... The, the the good guys or the bad guys. I don't know how you call it. Huh. Um, what I wanted to talk about too is like you mentioned cigars for warriors. 
And I know that there should be anybody who smokes cigars hopefully knows what Cigars for Warriors is. But I'm sure that there's somebody out there who doesn't know what Cigars for Warriors is. So could you just for people who don't know what that organization is, could you explain, you know, in your terms, I know that you're, it's not your organization, but you work with them. Could you explain what Cigars for Warriors is and what makes them so important that you want to support them with your business and your product? Yeah, so I'll take that one. So uh, my first deployment was 20 years ago and my first cigar was, you know, back when my first deployment. So Cigars Warriors have been around for 10 years. So before that, we were, you know, people would, our friends and family, we'd get care packages and then you'd get occasionally you'd get cigars or somebody would end up with Cubans or fake Cubans or something. I don't know how, you know, they'd somehow end up over there. And, and again, cigars are about building community and perfect place to do that was when you're isolated and alone in 6,000 miles away and you're in combat or, you know, we're at, on a garrison mission and we're just, you know, you got six months to a year on a deployment and you're killing it, right? You know, you're just killing time. So fast forward, uh, the FDA has made it difficult for cigar brands to to give what would they call like mass samples. So like, you know, for, you know, Drew Estate or Perdomo or anyone to like just box up and, and ship them and donate to to military men and women or servicemen around the world, then they've, they've made that difficult. And so Cigars Warriors is a nonprofit and their mission is clear. They want to provide cigars to combat or servicemen and women deployed to combat warriors around the world. And so they're just making it, they're the catalyst for, for getting cigars to, to the deployed members. And they do that and they've got a process for be, be some checks and balances in place for if you are deployed, you can make a request um, through their website and, and then they check to make sure that you know, you're, you're deployed or that, that you're over the age of 21. And then they make sure that they've got shipments going out almost every day or every week to, to cigars or to servicemen that are deployed around the world. So our mission is aligned with them and being able to support their mission, we want to be able to donate as much cigars as we can. So on our website, we collect cigar donations. So you can purchase cigars on our website for yourself, but then you can also add to your cart a cigar donation. And by doing that, we will match your cigar donation. So if you purchase a cigar donation for $8.50, we match that. And we then every month ship uh, cigars to their um, distribution center down in Florida, and then they make sure that they get to the proper uh, servicemen and women deployed to combat areas around the world. So, and every single person, because I just was uh, I was listening to Storm talk about this on something recently, but not there is not one paid employee or or volunteer for that matter. Everyone is a volunteer for their organization. So every dollar donated. Um, and everyone that volunteers their time, no one is paid. So um, a it's true, a very effective organization. Yeah, true, true nonprofit to the core. And just for those people who are who are wondering, because I know like working with, they uh, contribute to some of the magazines that I write for. Um, you always they always send pictures of people who are deployed smoking the cigars and stuff like that. So. Could you just talk about how prevalent or how common it is to smoke cigars when you're deployed? Because I think that's an important part of the Cigars for Warriors story, because 
I think people sometimes think like, are people, are they really going to get these cigars that I'm sending or I'm donating and stuff like that? Like how prevalent and how realistic is it that the cigars that you're going to donate, like I said, are actually going to land in the hands of deployed people and troops? Yeah, hundred percent. So my last deployment, so since I'm still serving, I'm actually, I'll be deploying next year um, in 2023. And the way that our unit works in the reserves is, you know, we're there to support active duty and the mission that we fulfill. So I'll be, I'll be hitting the road and deploying again um, in about a year from now. But um, my last deployment was in 2015-16. And when you get over there, I mean, our job is to take over the offgoings, whoever we're going over there, whatever the mission is. Um, we're, we're coming in and we're learning the ropes, so we're spending a couple weeks. But right away when we get over there, <clears throat> number two things that are requested by servicemen and women around when they're deployed are coffee and cigars. Yep. Or cigars and coffee. But, yeah, I mean, w usually that you have what we call an S4, which is our supply liaison. They're the non-commissioned officer in charge of our resources. And so, like, our ammo and our night vision goggles and all those sort of things. So, typically, you have a guy like our... I mean, everyone has a guy. And so we have a guy in the unit that's going to take care of, of us, getting us what we need, whether it's bottled water or it's, you know, resupply of ammo or it's cigars and coffee. So Black Rifle Coffee, probably probably the one, not to give them a plug, but they're, you know, getting boxes and boxes of Black Rifle Coffee is very common. And then we'll get uh, shipments from Cigars Warriors. So our supply guy will make sure that we're getting cigars in. And then we pass them out and make sure everyone that's that's a cigar lover or, or even like the guys that don't smoke cigars, smoke cigars when they're on deployments, you know. So um, it's it's very, so to answer your question is that it's very common. And I can attest to the fact that the cigars that are being donated around the country to those donation centers by Cigars Warriors, they do make it to the servicemen and women. That's not a, you know, they're not, you know, I don't know, covering that up or those pictures are legit, so. Awesome. I think that's, like I said, that was an important part of that story just to get for somebody who's actually there and, and witnessing it and experiencing them um, in person. Um, for the next question, how did you all come up with the name Founders Cigar Company? Like, where did the theme and the branding come from and the story behind the brand? Because I'm always curious about when people go and choose names for companies. Like, how did they go? Were, were there any other close contenders that you almost went with? Like, how did you settle on Founders? Yeah, for me, it was uh, it was one of those things that when I brought the idea to the office, I asked him, I said, hey, what do you think about cigars? He's like, yeah, I mean, I smoke cigars here and there. Why, what are you thinking? And I, I said, I think we should start a cigar company. And he, had, he told me, he said, all right, well, don't let it be a distraction and don't lose money. So we're still working on both those primary goals. Somebody should have told us that it takes 10, 15 years to like build a cigar brand. Yeah. Which doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, but so at that time, I had already started researching uh, people who could get cigars and what that process looked like and for boxes and, and all the regulations and all the licensing that we needed because I, I didn't want to just come into this with him and because he was going to ask a bunch of follow-up questions and I wanted to be able to support the things that I knew he was going to ask. But at that time is when Hamilton, the Broadway show, was everywhere. And I was listening to that soundtrack and I was I was just floored listening to that soundtrack but then starting to research these guys, you know, Alexander Hamilton and... Um, Jefferson and 
um, some of the lesser known guys that played a huge part, like the guys from France that were over here and, and seeing this consistent characteristic of the men and women who helped our country at the start, but also throughout history, uh, shape this country into the country that we love today. Um, if you think about it, put yourself back then, all those guys came from a monarchy. They came from a different sort of govern, you know, governing body, governing system. And they had the courage to do something new. They had the courage to do something better. And so one of our core values is the American spirit. And so when we talked about naming the company, we wanted to lean in and support the veteran community and be very upfront that Brian's a vet, I'm not a vet, um, and support that mission. But then we didn't want to be the red, white, and blue, bald eagles, you know, guns on our bands. We wanted to look like a traditional cigar company with the American values. Um, and even like practically speaking, we couldn't come out and say American made. American made in the cigar industry doesn't mean the same thing as it means in the gun industry. So, you know, there's one entirely American made cigar, uh, is the JC Newman, but we wanted to feel like a traditional brand. That's why you have um, the, the wine stock, the parchment, the all that, the silhouettes, that was really important to us. So all of our blends are named after, you know, not all founding fathers, but people who helped found this country. <clears throat> so we've got Theodore Roosevelt on a Maduro. We have uh, Frederick Douglass, who's a slave turned abolitionist. He was an orator. He was a, he was a reverend. He was a great speaker. He fought for the rights of everyone. You've got Benjamin Franklin, who's on our Connecticut. So it's a Franklin, Connecticut. He was a thinker and a inventor, and he wrote a ton. He did all these different things. And then we've got um, George Washington on our signature, which we call our dual wrap, and he's considered the foundingest of the fathers. So that's our that's our primary brand. That's our logo. primary logo and, and feel. And it's it's to encapsulate the spirit of having the courage to do what's right. And you see that throughout history. And and founders was I mean, so you had come up with the, the logo idea. You had you had pitched me the the whole George Washington using his his silhouette as our primary icon, our logo. And then, and then I think I just kind of threw my. I feel like I had to throw something into the, to the vision. But you know, I think I came up with the cigar company. So founder cigar companies had a really good cadence. It sounded. Um, there's you know other companies out there that are cigar companies. So we go by founders. We do business as founders, but our legal business name is Founder Cigar Company. And I know when I was looking at your brand on your website, and I was. Glad to see that, you know, like Frederick Douglass was on there and that it wasn't just all presidents, which you easily could have gone through and just said, we're going to name every cigar after presidents. We're going to do it in order or whatever. We might skip some of the controversial ones and stuff like that. But I was glad to see it because I think it goes back to your theme of community and that, you know, it's and I know you said, you, you know, you're not American made per se, but that it's an American brand and that it taps into the history of the country and not just part of the history, but like you said, Frederick Douglass, and you can easily see that you can easily pipe go into some other areas of history if you wanted to for some different cigar lines in the future or limited edition stuff if you cho chose to do that. Yeah, it's, it's a cool association too because the possibilities are endless. I mean, absolutely endless. You can pick any era in our company's history and you can look at what was happening at that time and who are the people of note at that time and so yeah it wasn't just the 
you know, however many, what was it, 13 to 51 founding fathers who were attributed with signing the Declaration of Independence and doing a lot of that stuff. It wasn't just pulling from that pool. It was who had a significant moral, ethical um, con contribution to our country and to getting us to where we are today. And that's that gives us a, a very wide breadth of people to pull from. Yeah, and, it, and this is a good segue into the, the blend. So the, uh, we're launching a new cigar at PCA, and we're calling it uh, Hamilton. Yep, that's going to be our Candela. Um, with, you know, I know that you all launched in 2020, which was a very uh, busy year, I would just say. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Uh, around the world. There's a lot going on domestically here. And it was just, so did any of the events of 2020 kind of influence like the direction you wanted to take with your cigars or the cigar line? I think that's where it just reinforced this idea of community. If you, if you live your life reading the headlines and watching the news, you think that everyone hates everyone and everyone's out trying to out to get everyone but if you actually looked at your neighbors in 2020 you probably had a fantastic relationship with your neighbors and your community and your local community and we wanted to highlight the fact that um, things can be better things can be better things can be across the aisle um, and 2020 for us seeing the health in my life that came around cigars and wanting to provide that for everyone just giving them a, an excuse, a catalyst, whatever you want to call it, to build community, that 2020 for us really reinforced the idea that there's something here about being a community company that happens to have a really good cigar. Yeah. Yeah, just recently my neighbor, who I don't know that well because he lives around the block from me, but he he, uh, he texted me late. It was during the week. and He knew that I, I'd probably be out smoking a cigar, but he, he just needed to vent to someone and... He, uh, he texted me at like 10.30, 10.40. I was getting ready for bed, and he's like, hey, you smoking a cigar? And I was... <laughs> Didn't you just get done smoking a cigar? I just got done smoking <laughs> a cigar. My wife graciously sat out in our gazebo on our back porch, and we're fighting off the mosquitoes, but I'm like, hey, I'm doing my job here smoking a cigar. And, yep. And I was getting ready. I was going to go to bed, but he, Scott texted me, and he's like, I just, you know, need to... Got to talk about some stuff. Yeah, so he came over and lit up another cigar, and we, we just... I don't know, got got to the root, like got some feelings out and talked about some stuff for a couple hours. And that's and that and that just reinforces again, like I came in the next day and I, I felt really, really good the next day because at the end of the day, I was just a, a sounding board. I was I was, uh, an, you know, an echo chamber. He just needed to talk to I, I mean, providing space, you know, providing a spot for him to go. And yeah, and that's what we do. So that's that's what we're about. That's what our message is about. But I just. It just reinforces what we're doing. And I felt really good about it. Yeah. You know, one of the questions that I like to ask is when people start these cigar brands, you know, you're going from being a consumer all of a sudden to being a brand owner. And that's a big transition. That's a big arc to make. It's not just an easy. I mean, you're going from, you know, smoking a cigar, just, just to smoke a cigar, just to have fun. And like I said, to, be in community with people to suddenly like this is like your livelihood and your business and like you know a lot of things kind of rely on it and there's a lot of people involved in this that aren't just around the corner from you they're in different countries uh, you know how did you make that transition like was it an easy transition to make did you have some like 
learning curve stuff, some bumps along the way. What was that process like? It's interesting you bring that up because I never thought about it in that perspective because I think a lot of people understand, like a lot of people will say, you know, um, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's not true. You can have the best job in the best location with the best hours and the best everything and you're going to still wake up someday and just absolutely hate what you do. It's so, but there is something to be said about a lot of people are hesitant to turn their hobbies into a stream of income for them. Cause like, Oh, I'll lose the passion. I'll lose this. And for me personally, I did a trip down to Virginia. Um, Brian couldn't make it, but what I have found is anytime I go into a humidor, anytime we go into a humidor and we're talking to the owner of that shop or the humidor manager, just asking as many questions as we can. And one of the things that we adopt as a brand is just a radical layer of transparency. That's we want to be approachable and that comes with honesty and transparency. And I love, we love talking to a shop owner, a humidor manager and asking them what they're enjoying, you know, what, what has caught their attention, what they like about the display of their boxes and their humidor and how they think about it. And I, so I think because there are so many learning opportunities for us and we're learning stuff every single day, there's this increased passion of, I came back from Virginia with a bag full, like a literal, like huge bag full of cigars because every time I went somewhere and said, Hey, what do you like? What, what's, what's interesting to you? They're like, uh, this and this. I'm like, great. I'll take three of them because Brian needs one. Josh needs one and I need one. And so we'll do that now on our Tuesday business meetings is we'll bring something out. Hey, this is local to Virginia. You can only get these around there. Let's try it. This is what that shop owner will sit around and we'll talk about it and we'll, we'll enjoy it together. And I think that's what I've noticed is that because there's so many learning opportunities for us, it's a very fun environment because there's just that um, anticipation of learning something new. Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm thinking about Luis Casacuevas at TPE. We went to, we've never been to PCA. TPE was our first like industry show. And we met a lot of really, really good people. And, um, you know, I'll just give a shout out to Tim Long from Cigar Show Tim. He, uh, I, I mean, I think we like, we had met him on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. And so he just kind of like, um, we started messaging on Instagram. We, we decided to meet up at TPE. He was looking, he had some slots to fill. So he did give us like a, a 10 or 15 minute slot interview. And then at the end of it, he was like, hey, great to great chat with you guys. Uh, anything you guys want to know or do or while we're here? And he's, and I can introduce you to some people. And we're like, yeah, that would be fantastic. And he's like, all right, let's go do it. So he walked us around the show, gave us some uh, personal introductions to some people. And what really hit me home for me was the, we spent what? How long did we talk to Lewis? Almost an hour. Yeah, where in the, the middle guy, of the show in, the, in one of the busiest days, but he he just was so humble, and he just what it didn't matter who we were. He was didn't know who we were, and he he just was, gave us an hour of his time. So and and yeah, I mean we Tim knew who he was. So he I mean he said I don't know if you guys have a booth at PCA, but if you guys need to use my booth for any reason. You're, you know, more than welcome to, you know, my booth is your booth. And I was just like, that blew me, blew my mind as far. And, and I've seen that time over time. That was just one example of how some of the, the, the community, that internal community within brands. Yeah. We're, we're competing against each other, but at the same time, like 
uh, not every person, not every consumer smokes the same cigar. So, um, you know, we smoke different cigars and, and we, you know, other people that like, um, you know, Casa Cuevas will smoke Founders or, or Drew Estate or whatever. And so it's, it is a community and we all kind of come together around cigars. And so we're not, it's not cutthroat like you would think. In the gun industry, there's more, definitely more some uh, chips on people's shoulders. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, because one of the things people seem to be most surprised about when they enter into the cigar industry is that even though you're, you know, the company next to you is a competitor, there's not that competitive edge to it. Like you all can completely speak to one another. You all can be nice to, to one another. You all can trade, not secrets, but people are pretty open about what works for them, what doesn't work. You know, they're not going to try to, to trip you up and set you off on the right path. Have I know you all come from the gun industry and work with as consultants for other people, but have you found that to be true? Was that something that you were surprised by or were you not that surprised by that within the cigar industry? I was surprised. Oh, yeah. I was surprised. surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we've we gotten burned a few times. So we take a very cautious approach with different, um, you know, just different opportunities and stuff. And so, um, yeah, we were both, I think, surprised at, at some of the, the relationships that we've been able to develop here in a short period of time. And, yeah, I mean, it was an open book with Lewis. Yeah, and even I, uh, a couple of days ago, so there's a lounge down here, Burn. James Sushio owns Burn. It's a fantastic lounge in uh, the southern uh, suburbs of Minneapolis. Yeah. They had their 15-year anniversary, and I was in the area, stopped in. Eric Espinoza was there, kind of meeting people and, and doing that, and that was awesome to, to meet him. Um, I say meet him. I kind of like just looked at him from afar because he was really busy. <laughs> but um, Jeff Haugen owns Crux Cigars, and there he's up in our area. He owns a one of the top lounges in Minneapolis, uh, Tobacco Grove, who Bovida shoots a lot of their stuff at Tobacco Grove. Nate and Rob go to Tobacco Grove a lot. Um, he spent an hour with me at that 15-year opening just asking how we're doing, asking how the year's been, because he's very aware of us. We've been in his lounge talking to Rick and Cole, his his humidor manager. and and But even the support of him, ask, he's asking all these questions, not from a perspective of, oh, I want to ask him a gotcha or I want to show where he's going wrong. He's, he's genuinely interested in how our brand's going. And he offered a ton of advice on PCA. And he even, I forgot to tell you this, he was even like, yeah, we ship our booth down to a warehouse in, in LA. And if you need any of that, or if you need any of the frames or the chairs or the front, like, just let me know. I probably have a bunch of it. So just, yeah, just that willingness where it's like, man, there is no reason why you should be doing this. But just that genuine uh, curiosity people had about the brand and asking how we were doing and how things are going and, and the willingness to really be upfront about their previous struggles and successes has been unprecedented for us. But, you know, and I think of it, too, is that because this this market, I mean, it's not like we're coming in and just stealing market share. Right. In fact, I have, I, I like to think that we're we're bringing some new cigar smokers we're, we're probably the circles getting just a little bit bigger. Right. And that's and, the goal. And, and that's what that's what we want to do. And, and, and we don't have big egos over here. We are we are approaching every conversation open handed and trying to learn. We're not trying to pretend like we know everything because we don't or, or even know what we're doing. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's very it's just very humbling to to meet some of these people and 
and I hope that, you know, those, like, I hope we're around a while and foster these relationships. And I hope we can pay it forward, too. Like, you know, um, you know, where 10 years from now we could be, you know, the Lewis giving some other, you know, lads some advice and saying, hey, come to PCA, use my booth if you want to take right orders. Yeah, and you've all mentioned PCA a couple times, and I know that that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Like, what are you all most looking forward to for from that experience? Exposure, exposure. Yeah. Just we're we're so new. I mean, we just want to be uh, present and let and show up. Yes, yeah, show up. Be, let the industry know that we exist. Yeah, and and. And that's it. I mean, we're, we, I want to talk to shop owners. I want to learn how they process. I want to talk to brokers. I want to talk to distributors. I want to know how they process. Um, and so I want to talk to other brands. So for us, it's, I think it's because of that desire to learn and to grow and to refine what we're doing. It, it, I look at that as like, yeah, for sure. Writing orders and growing our brand and bringing on you know, wholesale accounts is something that we're for sure interested in. I think it's just so many industry people in the same place there's just a ripe environment for learning and asking questions and the opportunity to grow and i'm just curious off of that when you look at potential retailers out there um and distribution partners and all that who is the ideal kind of retailer for your brand and i ask that because there's you know there's this philosophy that you know a retailer is a retailer who cares, you know, who they are. You just want to get your brand out there. But I found in the cigar industry with it being a niche industry, there's a lot of people who have a very uh, careful approach to that. Like they don't want their cigars just in anybody's retail shop. They want, they're looking for a very specific retailer. So who are you looking for in terms of a retail partner? I, I mean, uh, I mean, I know how to answer that. I mean, we're not being selective. And I say that because our of our target market. Our target market. I mean, we're we're targeting some of the blue collars, right? I mean, we're not we're affordable, we're a reasonable price cigar. We retail for nine and ten dollars. Our blends are all approachable, at least the line that we went to market with, right? And so those we wanna be in the corner tobacco shop, you know, and you know, the guy that just worked concrete for, you know, 14 hours, stopping off to pick up some uh, of his necessities. He's going to see founders with our retail tray that says veteran owned and, you know, he's going to pick up a stogie for the weekend. So we, we want to appeal to that audience. That's who our customer base is. And so when we're, I mean, I, I don't know, we haven't, we haven't found I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that we're for everyone because we're certainly not. And I would say that our our early adopters in the and we've got what how many shops we've got? Not a lot, but we've got yeah, a little over a dozen. Yeah, so th it's been sh it's boutique brands or boutique uh, shops that like specialize in boutique brands. So that's what we are, right? We're a boutique until we're not a boutique anymore, whatever yep. that means. Yeah. And, and so and then it's veteran owned. Our first shop is a retired Air Force vet. Uh, Bob from North Suffolk, yeah, and he's got North Suffolk cigars in uh, Suffolk, Virginia, and yeah. you know, I mean, he was our first shop that we opened up, and he just was like, "Yeah, this is a no-brainer," you know. And then, you know, we've got some like Perfect Ash. We've done some stuff with the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. So, and that's the thing too, you know, you talked about our our launch where we did that suppressor box. 
we have an entire side of our company that is co-branded corporate gifting. So we make mahogany boxes locally with a, a brand called Woodchuck. They're fantastic. And our whole goal is to do charity partnerships, um, corporate partnerships, do large uh, gift boxes. We have um, insurance people who are buying these for gifts, real estate agents buying these for gifts. So we're really leaning into the, the gifting market too. Um, a perfect example of this is Hometown Heroes. Yeah. So Hometown Heroes Outdoors is a organization that they have volunteers in 26 or 27 states. They're five years old. They're, they're coming up in their 50th anniversary and they get vets and wounded police officers yeah. out into the field hunting and fishing in a sense of community. And so what we're doing with them is for their 50th anniversary, we're putting together 50, a limited run of 50 custom serialized um, eight count cigar boxes with their logo on it. And we're doing 100 of our executive box, which is 16 of our cigars, a custom butane Zippo lighter and a cutter. And we're working with one of their um, uh, financial partners to fund it. And so dollar for dollar, all 100 of those boxes is going to go for their legacy hunt, which is their biggest hunt of the year which is going to happen next year. And, and we're talking like we're going to raise $40,000 for that and try to fund the entire hunt for them. Yeah, so Eric Matheson is the first recipient of the Legacy Trip. Um, it's scheduled for February next year. So we're debuting this this campaign called the, the Legacy Trip. And our... Uh, our box of cigars there. So what you can do is you can go to Hometown Heroes. I think it's hometownheroes.org. I don't know, Google Hometown Heroes. I don't know their domain, but, and you can go and find on their page, this gift set and you make a donation. And then as a, as a gift, you would receive our cigar box as a donation. And, and so um, this is going to help fund um, and kind of an exotic trip for Eric Matheson to go, and I and I, I keep screwing this up, but it's like out east they're going to go do some yeah, type of the, like waterfall hunting. Yep, yep. But it's going to be expensive because uh, they bring a camera crew. They yeah, bring a bunch he, of people he's out. He's a police there. officer. Got shot in the line of duty, and it was all over. The, I think it made national news. He's in like Wasika or Wayzata or something like that. Police officer here in Minnesota, but he. He's, you know, he is uh, disabled, and so it's going to take a lot of resources in order to get him there, and then the camera crew and the travel and all that thing. So it's going to be expensive, but our goal is to be able to fund that, completely fund that trip for him, and then do this reoccurring every year. So two two things that we've got going on are the Hometown Heroes 5th Anniversary Box and then the Legacy Trips. So, yeah, and those, and those, are, those yeah. are partnerships that we, we're looking for. We're trying to do traditional retail, for sure, or t traditional cigars, getting into lounges, getting into shops, getting into all of that. But we're also trying to do the non-traditional and that'll help us build our brand. You know, we did stuff with the University of Minnesota football team, um, different golf events. We're doing a PGA Tour event in September. So we're, we're at, at that event. So we're trying to do as many of those non-traditional things because one, it doesn't compete with retail. It doesn't compete with cigar lounges. It only helps build in those areas. Right. Yeah, and we're launching a new site, a new website before PCA, and, and the goal of the P, of the site is to cast our vision, which is about building community, and then also then driving traffic to the lounges and the cigar shops that we're currently being stocked in, so giving people an opportunity to go buy locally, because we want to encourage that, but, you know, you've said this a couple times in some different interviews, is that you know, we're building a brand here and it takes time, right? And so in order for us to, to, to drive traffic to the local cigar shops is to give a place for people to come and try our cigars. And we're doing that online through our website. So we have to give a place for anyone to be able to, to sample and try our product. 
And then, you know, it, as we build and scale this and we add more retailers nationally, then it's going to transition where, you know, it's going to, we're, we're going to continue to drive people there, encourage them to go and buy locally. And, and there's going to be a transition point at some point in the future. Yeah. Now, since you all are, are a new-ish company, could you just walk us through really quickly your portfolio and kind of give people an idea of what makes each cigar blend in your portfolio different and what they can expect should they smoke any of those cigars? Yeah, you've heard us say it a dozen times, approachable. Approachable is the word that we use all the time. So we've got a fantastic manufacturing partner in Tamboril, Dominican Republic. Um, they have been awesome to work with. There was even an issue where getting our bands down there and the owner called us today and he said, hey guys, I fly down there all the time. I'm just gonna bring the stuff that you that the rollers need of yours. I'm just gonna bring it with me and hand it to them because it won't get stuck in customs. Like I'm, I'm tired of this happening. So they've been so willing to work with us as we grow and scale. We've got dedicated rollers now because of our volume. Um, so that's, that's been a really cool partnership to lean into. So when we say approachable, we have four main blends. We're launching our fifth. We've got a dual wrap, which uses a Connecticut and a Habano wrapper from Ecuador with a Dominican and Nicaraguan fill. We've got a uh, Connecticut, again, wrappers from, all of our wrappers are from Ecuador and all the fillers are from Dominican and, and Nicaragua. Our Connecticut uses a lot more of the components of our Habano. So we always tell people, it's, it's interesting because I feel like our Connecticut and our Maduro are polarizing in the Connecticut and the Maduro um, people that like those cigars. Because if you like a, uh, a traditional Connecticut, we say because we pull from our Habano, um, it's a little bit more elevated in its flavor, a little bit more of those notes. So we have some people that don't like Connecticut's that love our Connecticut. I'm like, well, of course, because it's not a traditional Connecticut, it's a little bit closer to our, our Habano. And then the same thing with our, our Maduro, it's medium bodied. And I think a lot of people like our Maduro because they like the idea of a Maduro. They think that, oh, if I'm smoking a cigar, I need to be the roughest, toughest, gruffest guy, you know, smoking a Maduro. And it's like, well, like my dad. Yeah. Like, well, how about just picking something that you like, something mm -hmm. medium bodied, something that burns consistently and, and has a good draw on it. And so because our Maduro is medium bodied and approachable, a lot of people like that. Yeah. Cool. So at this point of the show, when we get towards the end, I like to ask, kind of flip it a little bit and have you all kind of offer advice to the watchers and listeners of this podcast. Um, I usually have two questions, so I'll ask the questions and you all could choose who answers them first. But um, the first of those questions is, um, how would you define success? What does success look like for you all? That's a fantastic question. How do we define success? We just did our business planning yeah. on Monday, and I think there's a couple metrics for that. Um, one of our key metrics is is cigars that we've given away. Um, our we we always approach this crawl, walk, run approach. Just because I can't do exactly what I want doesn't mean I'm not going to do anything right now. And so with our give back program, our goal is to do what we did over Memorial Day. Over Memorial Day, we didn't run a sale because we wanted to release a video that says, this is the true meaning of Memorial Day. It's not just a primer for July 4th. It's not just another day off from work. This is celebrating and remembering and honoring the men and women that didn't come home. So we, every cigar purchased on our website, and even one of our wholesalers, we matched his entire order as a donation. Um, that's our goal. Whether you buy a cigar at a lounge, off our website, or with a donation, we 
our goal is to do a one for one give back. And I think for me, once we hit that, like, that will be success. Once we've got the infrastructure, the supply lines, everything set up so that we can do a one for one, that's success. But also just milestones with Operation Cigars for Warriors. Every single month that we ship cigars to them, that's success for us. Mm-hmm. Copy that. Copy paste. <laughs> Uh, another question I typically ask is um, somebody comes up to you all and they say that they have their own idea for a business. Uh, I know that this is probably right down your alley since you two were consultants at, at one point uh, and still are, but they come up to you and they say they have their own idea for a business. It might not necessarily be a cigar brand or related to the tobacco industry, but they have an idea. They want to get started, but they don't know how to get started. What's your advice to help them get started? where where do they start how do they get things going successfully yeah this is funny angela says this all the time because you know they everyone all his friends know that you do business development for a living and you're a consultant and stuff and and they're all very like candid about how they're gonna like uh tell you their idea right and what, they're, no they're hesitant yeah they're hesitant, hesitant sorry and and you're like we always have this everyone has a shower thought I mean, how many shower thoughts do you have a day where you're like, oh, I should do this, I should do that, right? That'd be a great business idea. Yep, it's in the execution. It, it comes down to being an entrepreneur, having an idea, and then it's all in the execution, right? And and again, it's it's I, my first question to them is always, what's your goal? I mean, why are you starting this? Why is this a financial, I'm gonna break away from the nine to five? Is it a purpose, cause, or passion? Yeah, is there, what is your goal? Is your goal, purely financial, well then that's easy. Let's boil it down to the finances. Is your goal charitable? Is your goal infrastructure? You want to change a part of society? I mean, what is your goal? Because that's at the end of the day, that's what's going to keep you coming, getting out of bed when things aren't going your way. Because sure. there's going to be times, there's the honeymoon phase of business, and then there's the reality of, wow, this is hard. Things aren't going our way. What keeps you getting out of bed in the morning to go after that? So my biggest advice to people looking to start a cigar brand, any brand, any business is what's your goal? And you have to be crystal clear about that because if you're not, you're going to give up. Yeah, and stay true to it. And then the final question is, what is your why? What's, what motivates both of you to do what you do? Yeah, I mean... It comes down to I have a lot of structure in my life in the military, and so I'm good at following orders. And I've come, I used to work for a software company. <laughs> that was a joke on our How About That Cigar podcast because those guys are IT guys. But yeah, I mean, I've worked in corporate America. And so being an entrepreneur, we started our, our entrepreneur uh, journey back in 2019. And I think it's there's something exciting about being an entrepreneur. And that's my why is just building something, uh, a legacy, uh, you know, having, um, um, what do you call it? Where financially taking care of your family, what do you call that? Uh, Stability or? Yeah, so, you know, I'm, you have a name for it. You're always talking about it. But my, my point is, is just my why is, is being able to build something of my own and, and you know, and, and I don't know, generational wealth. That's what I was trying to think of, of just, you know, having something that I did, you know, myself and I built it and, you know, it's, it's mine and I share it with you. You can have some of it. That's true. I have, I have a say in that, but, you know, I think back to the, the motivations for starting the consulting company, it was, it was helping, helping brands and helping, um, 
owners get to a point helping them achieve their goals. Um, I think it was Zig Ziglar who said, if you if your goal is to help people achieve your goals, you're going to accomplish your goals in the process. And I think that's for us too, is, is the whole reason we do consulting is to help provide a means for people to achieve their goals. And then with the cigar brand, our, our 100% bell cow reason that we get up in the morning is giving people an opportunity to build community. That's why we do this. That's why we do these events. That's why we get out and try to meet as many people as we can is that we're providing people an opportunity to take the time to sit down, to stop looking at the clock, uh, meet with someone with a cigar and... Um, oh, you said it the other day. Um, Having a cigar in your hand is way better than having a phone in your hand. Yeah, making making memories with a cigar in your hand is so much more um, fulfilling yeah. than making a memory with your phone in your hand. So just, yeah, the whole reason we exist is to build community and to help others build community. Awesome. So for those people who are not watching this live or on playback mode on Facebook and YouTube, could you tell people what website they need to visit and what social media they need to follow in order to keep up with you all and what founders is uh, trying to do and accomplishing? Yeah, founderscigarco.com is our main website. There's a lot of resources there. A lot of our content is educational. Uh, Founder Cigar Co. on Instagram, that's where we do a lot of our posts, post a lot of our events, uh, let people know what we're doing. And that's that's a great way to get in contact with us too. Or, you know, we've got our, our number on the website if you have any questions or or if you have any shops that you think that we should be in. But yeah, definitely foundercigarco.com and foundercigarco on Instagram. Yeah, and I would just plug if you walk into your shop and they don't carry founders, which not very many do, then you should uh, put in a request that the shop owner should carry founders. That goes a very long way to us building relationships with, with lounges. I have one more like curveball question that I just thought of. <laughs> um, for those, I know that you, you have your cigar lines that are out now. There are more women smoking cigars today than ever. If you all had to kind of pick some historical female figure to make us, you know, the first female founders cigar line out of, who would that person be? We had a couple on our brainstorm list. So we put together a brainstorm list, and the, and the two that came to mind were uh, Harriet Tubman and Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, looking at what Eleanor did for and how she was all about um, powerful women who make a change and make a difference, I would say my snap reaction would be Eleanor Roosevelt. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on to Deep Cuts today. Like I said, I learned a lot more about your company that I would have think I would have ever been able to get just from reading your website. So uh, I learned a lot and I hope people who watched and listened to this learned a lot as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you both at PCA in a couple of weeks and seeing Hamilton and what else, whatever else you all have going on. Yeah, our booth number is 1062. Yep. So uh, anyone that'll be attending PCA, which is a wholesale event here in Las Vegas in July, July 9th through the 12th, look forward to meeting you, Antoine, in person. And yeah, come swing by our booth and say hi. Oh, there's Cigar Show Tim. Hey, Tim. Tim, Tim Long will be out there hanging out with us, and uh, he's bringing his wife. I'm excited to meet his wife. So. Yeah, it'll be great. Awesome. Well, like I said, thank you both for coming on, and thank everyone out there for watching and listening to this. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, make sure you hit that like button or subscribe button uh, to be 
notified of any time we have new shows. We try to do at least a show a week. So we have another show coming up next Thursday, which will be George Rico from Grand Habana Cigars. Um, and also, if you're listening to this on any of the podcasting platforms, make sure you hit that subscribe button and also leave a review because leaving reviews helps to improve uh, what I'm trying to do here. And hopefully, uh, like I said, we'll get more people listening and get more people learning about cigar brands like Founders. So I want to thank our guest again for coming on today and thank you all for watching and listening. And until next time. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot.